a Stanley Cup or bust season for these Islanders. And he extends that big wingspan of his, and you can't get by him on the boards. He's just that big. Everybody loves some Uncle Leo, right? Can we get Jiggs McDonald to call a game or two? Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 111, 111. And hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and that's at newsday.com backslash sports. And please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And well, it's here, training camp, the 2021-22 NHL season, 82 games, full schedule, The Islanders will play every other team in the NHL, and things are starting to look like normal, especially with the opening of UBS Arena at Belmont Park, uh, scheduled for uh, the first game November 20th against the Calgary Flames after a 13-game road trip to start the season. Uh, So things are very much starting to look like normal, except in some ways, and I'll get into that much later in this episode. But what's on deck immediately? Uh, A little bit later on, we've got some Andrew's Answers, of course, and I've got some audio clips from President and General Manager Lou Lamarillo's press conference on Tuesday as he previewed training camp, and I've got some audio clips from an old New Islander, future Hall of Famer, Zdeno Chara discussing his return to the organization that drafted him in the third round, 56th overall in 1996, before Mike Milbury sent him and other pieces, uh, including the draft choice that was eventually used on Jason Spezza uh, for Alexei Yashin, and that was in uh, 2001. And if you wonder why this organization has wandered aimlessly through the desert season after season, uh, uh, trades like that sort of give you a sense, and no, strike that. I know you don't wonder why that all happened. Uh, Most of you lived through it, so you know what happened. But this, of course is a very different team, a different organization, a well-run organization led by an iron-fisted Lou Lamarillo on behalf of the ownership group and coached superbly by Barry Trotz and his fine staff. It's a team that has made the playoffs in all three seasons under Lou and Barry Trotz. It's a team that has gone to back-to-back NHL Final Fours, the semifinals, call them what you will, Uh, and the Islanders losing both times to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, that's something that the Islanders are looking to get past, uh, be it the Lightning or other teams in the Eastern Conference. It really is a a Stanley Cup or bust season for these Islanders as we enter training camp, and uh, training camp opens on Wednesday with the players reporting, and that's Wednesday, September 22nd. Um, The first on-ice sessions will be on Thursday, and the six-game preseason slate uh, opens Sunday against the Rangers at MSG. The home preseason games, remember, will be played in Bridgeport as uh, construction is still under uh, underway at UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Uh, so the regular season and that season opening 13-game road trip begins 
October 14th in Carolina. But as I said, a different team, uh, different organization, one that's uh, set up for success, has had success, and uh, has had continuity. And, and perhaps that's one of the most important things here as Lou and Barry have built the chemistry of this roster over the uh, their three seasons heading into this season. And you'll hear Lou Lamarillo say it's probably not hard to project the top 12 forwards uh, when we play some audio clips from Lou. And, and those 12 forwards, uh, that that's Anders Lee, Matthew Barzell, Kyle Palmieri, Anthony Beauvillier, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, Zach Parisi, J.G. Pajot, Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, and more than likely, you got to include Oliver Wallstrom in that, unless, unless... Lou was talking about Leo Komarov, which I wouldn't put past him or Barry Trotz. Uh, uh, Lou reported that Anders Lee has been medically cleared after uh, tearing or suffering a torn right ACL on March 11th. Um, He was skating on his own during the postseason. He's skating now. He was, uh, when we talked to Anders Lee a couple of weeks ago, he said he was coming back to New York to have the doctors look at him again and uh, sort of get that final clearance uh, to, to, to go on to the next stage. So he has been medically cleared. Uh, Lou reported that Anders Lee... Uh, J.G. Pajot, who had hand surgery in the offseason, and uh, Matty Martin, who uh, Lou revealed had a, a bone chip removed from uh, his ankle uh, earlier, or much earlier in this offseason. All three would be ready for the start of the regular season. Now, don't be surprised to see the Islanders take it very slowly with the trio, uh, slowly and carefully through the preseason. But Lou is promising that Anders Lee, J.G. Pajot, and Matt Martin will all be there for the opening bell, uh, the opening face-off, October 14th in Carolina. Uh, Lou also said it would not be hard to project the top six defensemen. And uh, that would be Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, Andy Green, Noah Dobson, and Zdeno Chara, and Scott Mayfield. Now, Eric Gustafsson is in camp on a PTO, a professional tryout offer, but Chara, even at the age of 44, has to be considered the favorite to assume uh, the spot left open when uh, left shooting Nick Letty was traded to the Red Wings uh, for salary cap purposes. So, uh, look, Chara, as I said, is a future Hall of Famer. He's 44. He showed with the Capitals last season after 14 seasons as the Bruins captain that he still has game. He's still a physical presence. He can still help you out on the penalty kill. He's still six foot nine, 250 pounds. And I've heard so many players say that when you skate up ice, uh, forward saying this, when you skate up ice against Dano Chara, it seems like he stands in the face-off circle and he extends that big wingspan of his and you can't get by him on the boards. He's just that big. Uh, so he's still a physical presence. He's still just a, a hindrance uh, for people trying to get to the net. So again, you have to think that Chara is the favorite to be in that top six. I think Eric uh, 
Gustafsson is going to get every chance to make this uh, roster. He's 29 years old. He uh, he split last season between the Flyers and the Canadians, played uh, somewhat in the playoffs with the Canadians, uh, didn't average a ton of minutes, but uh, whereas Char is going to help you on the penalty kill, uh, Gustafsson can, can help you maybe a little bit with some of uh, Nick Letty's uh, uh, skill sets in terms of uh, being a puck mover, getting the puck up ice, uh, you know, maybe pitching in with an assist here or there. But uh, again, I, I certainly expect Chara uh, to to see uh, the bulk of that top six time. And uh, here's Dano Chara, Big Z, on, on what it means to him to return to the Islanders organization after all this time. And also what the discussions were like with his family as he considered whether he should continue his career after one season in Washington. Well, it's kind of a full circle. Um, you know, who would know that this would kind of work out the way it did after 20-some years. But um, I'm certainly being uh, very, uh, very honored and humbled to be uh, around there again. Um, obviously, the organization uh, went through some transitions over the course of uh, 20 years, but... Uh, you know, I, I think that we all see the progress and uh, the, the positivity that uh, uh, is kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, the team is at. And um, uh, discussions with the family has been going on for probably the whole summer. Um, you know, that was very important to me that my family uh, would feel comfortable um, and ready for me to play another year and being uh, away from them, uh, but at the same time, not too far. And here's uh, just a little more explanation from Big Z on on why he wanted to play another season, or I should say at least another season. I I don't think uh, Dano Chara has announced the farewell tour as of yet. Um, If he stays physically fit, you could certainly see him uh, sticking with it for a little bit longer. His family lives up in Boston, uh, playing out on Long Island is certainly not a stretch to get back to see his family or his family to come out to the island to see him. So here, here's is Dano on why he wanted to play at least another season. I love the game. I have passion for the game and, and believe that I can still play. Um, you know, those are the, those are the things you need. And, uh, you know, I, I think you don't need to say much uh, besides, you know, um, having love for the game and, and having passion for it um, and wanted to wanted to win. And finally, you may have seen that Instagram photo that uh, uh, Chara posted of him in front of a Blue Islanders jersey, um, which was his, uh, when he signed or when he agreed to his one-year deal. He posted on Instagram and uh, it's just all sorts of crazy to think that the Islanders will have a player on their active roster for the 21-22 NHL season who actually played for the team when it was wearing those fisherman jerseys. I mean, just think about that. And and here's a char about uh, his old Islander jerseys. No, I had actually two jerseys. One was the, the white one, and uh, and the, uh, the blue was always the back then was a white jersey. 
but no, that was, those are the jerseys I, I uh, you know, I kept uh, from the years uh, I played on Long Island. So uh, kind of, uh, yeah, still the same. And, um, you know, I think I won more of the, you know, fishermen, uh, I think. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, those are the jerseys I, uh, I kept from my playing days. Now, Lou also said the organization is thrilled with their goalie tandem of Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin, and why shouldn't they be? And it's not like uh, anyone's going to keep those guys off the NHL roster. So not a ton of competition, really, coming into training camp for at least what you would consider the top 12 forwards, top 6D and certainly the two goalies. Now, Lou Lamarillo did announce that uh, Corey Schneider would be back. He's back on a two-way deal, meaning there's an NHL salary component and an AHL salary component. And you certainly have to think that um, he will be with Bridgeport. Um, and also uh, Jacob Skarek. Uh, will be in training camp, but but the goalie tandem is Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. But if there are questions entering training camp, here are some of the ones I'm asking. Um, one, I think this is really, I'm listing it as number one, and it's there for a reason. Is Anders Lee fully healthy? Um, every indication we've been given is that the captain has, uh, he's on track with his rehab. He's been on track with his rehab. You saw him, uh, or I saw him skate, uh, pregame morning skates prior to the playoff games. Uh, and, and like Lou said, uh, he will be ready for the start of the regular season, but, given the seriousness of his injury, this still bears watching. Uh, how many preseason games will, will the Islanders use Anders Lee in? And, you know, his his power forward game is really predicated on parking his big body near the net and, uh, you know, gobbling up rebounds and just creating havoc there. And uh, will the injury erode away any of that skill? Now, uh, that's not a leading question there. I have no evidence to suggest that Anders Lee will not come back at 100% of what he was, but it was a serious ACL injury for sure. So this bears watching. And and to a certain degree, you know, 1A maybe is Pajot's health because Pajot in his own way is just as important to this this team as uh, Anders Lee. Now, certainly the Islanders missed Anders Lee, uh, particularly against the Lightning. They lo- lose in seven games, and they lose one nothing in the in Game Seven in Tampa. And you you have to think a, a healthy Anders Lee in that series could have been a tipping point the other way, but also. You got to remember, JG Pajot was playing with one hand uh, through that series, and uh, uh, it, it certainly uh, it not only hurt him, but you know uh, Kyle Palmieri uh, not as effective, and uh, that that third line just not as effective. So they they need they they desperately need a healthy JG Pajot as well. Now 
another question will be, you know, which, which defensemen do make the team? Uh, I, I mentioned the top six seems to be intact. Is Eric Gustafsson uh, D-man number seven? What about uh, the the younger kids, Samuel Bullduck, Robin Sallow, Bodie Wild, Parker Wotherspoon, Mitch Vandesumple, uh, their holdovers, and Thomas Hickey, Sebastian Ajo. Where do all these guys fit into the competition? Um, and is there only one extra one extra D man? Do they only carry seven? Do they go with eight? Uh, amongst the forwards, you know, uh, as I said, and this is another question as to which forwards make the team. You, you heard the top 12. Leo Komarov is still here. But you've also got uh, a gritty Richard Panic, who was acquired from the Red Wings for Nick Letty. You got rugged Ross Johnson. Uh, those are all possible extras. You, you have Kiefer Bellows and Otto Koivula, who should be in camp. Uh, those two, uh, along with Komarov and Panic and Johnson, would all be exposed to waivers uh, if the Islanders try and reassign them to their AHL affiliate in Bridgeport. Now, usually towards the end of training camp, teams are kind of pushed up against the salary cap, and it's not all that often you see a guy claimed uh, when he the team tries to get him to the AHL affiliate, but it's not outside the realm of possibility and certainly if you you have a guy uh either Bellows or Koivula on on waivers to try and get him down to the AHL again look they they they're coming in on 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 cheaper contracts than the veterans and they have potentially more upside just because they're young prospects there so uh, it, it would be tough to put either a Bellows or a Koivula uh, on on waivers, you're certainly rolling the dice there, and I would think you know that the same might go uh, for for a, a Johnston or a Panic. Uh, some team might feel the need for some more grit, and and their, their salaries are not too burdensome at all. So uh, uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how Lou you know fills out this roster with his extra forwards. Um, now, one, one thing to bear in mind here, Oliver Wallstrom does not require waivers uh, to be reassigned to Bridgeport. Now, would Lou take advantage of that to give him more time to sort out his roster? I, I highly doubt that. I, I think Oliver Wallstrom, I think everyone within the Islanders organization understands the potential uh, Oliver Wallstrom brings and what it would mean for the team to have him in the lineup on a daily basis. Um, but still, that that's something you do need to think about. Uh, waivers and which players Wallstrom does not need waivers. And that leads to another question, which is, will Lou make another deal? Uh, you know, I think it's still possible that Lamarillo not wanting to lose an asset for nothing through waivers instead opts to make a trade. Um, if they've decided that they're going to try and sneak Bellows or Koivula or even uh, on defense of Sebastian Ajo through waivers, um, would you try and get an asset, a, a draft pick, or, 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 or try and package them for, for something? Uh, I, 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 I just think that has to be mentioned. It has to be on the table as a possibility. 
would, would Lou consider moving Leo Komarov? Now, we all know how much Lou and Barry Trotz and the teammates, they love Uncle Leo. Everybody loves some Uncle Leo, right? Look, if you corner Neil Best, uh, even, you know, he'll say he loves him some Uncle Leo, right? Just not on the top line. Um, But Leo's got one season left on his four-year, $12 million deal. Trading him would give the Islanders some more cap flexibility. Again, is there a team out there? Look, Leo has a very good reputation through the NHL. Would some team with some cap space be willing to take that on for the intangibles that Leo brings? I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. And look, Lou could also do Thomas Hickey a favor and maybe look for a trade for him if it seems like Thomas is is headed back to the AHL. And certainly with with the way it's stacked up right now, I, I would think that's, you know, more likely than not. Thomas Hickey is 32 years old and he, he can't have been, he couldn't have been a better soldier uh, for this organization, uh, especially through the last couple of seasons. He, he winds up to review, he winds up losing his spot in the top six. He gets a concussion. That's when Devon gets brought up. Thomas Hickey never gets back into the regular rotation, uh, deals with injuries, deals with time in Bridgeport, uh, you know, deals with his brother passing away. Uh, it hasn't been the best past two seasons for Thomas Hickey. And Lou, who does value loyalty, and uh, like I said, would Lou look to do Thomas Hickey a favor and, and maybe see if there's an NHL team out there where, where Thomas Hickey could land and actually have a chance of playing in the NHL. Uh, you know, I know Lou doesn't give away assets and, you know, Thomas certainly is great injury insurance for later on in the season, but I, I've seen Lou do this before. He's very loyal to the guys who are, are loyal to the organization and to him. And, uh, you know, I, I could certainly see Lou trying to do Thomas Hickey a solid uh, if that's what it comes down to. Thomas Hickey has uh, one season remaining on a four-year $10 million deal. And NHL teams are always looking for defensemen. You know, you pick up a, maybe you pick up a fourth rounder for him, a fourth, fifth rounder, something like that. And uh, you, you stockpile draft picks. And uh, finally, uh, in terms of questions, it, it, could there be a near Stanley Cup hangover for this franchise? Like I said, uh, back-to-back trips to the NHL Final Four, back-to-back heartbreaking losses to the Tampa Bay Lightning who go on to win the Stanley Cup. And as, again, remember, this is, a, uh, this is the first 82-game regular season since 2018-19. The COVID-19 pandemic has now shortened the past two seasons. And look, it is a long time between right now and even when the playoffs start. And... It's just human nature sometimes to 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 think about that, and it, it can be daunting to think about exactly how much hard work and and how much luck is going to be needed. How much you know they have to avoid injury bugs. Uh, it, it just so much goes into just getting a chance. 
to, to play for the cup final. And like I said, it, it can be daunting. Uh, it, it's human nature. I, you've seen some teams that just can't maintain the intensity uh, after near misses or even after winning Stanley Cups. So uh, that is something to be watched. And again, I, I think Lou and Barry, you know, they're very good about having their fingers on the pulse of the team. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I, 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 I'm not you know, overly, overly concerned that there's going to be a near Stanley Cup hangover for this franchise. But I do think, it, you know, it is it is a question. Lou, however, you know, it, it's not a question in Lou's mind uh, about the team having any sort of hangover. And he, he was asked uh, during his teleconference on Tuesday about, about the quote-unquote fire that the Islanders bring into this season. Now, Lou was also asked why he believes this could be the season that the Islanders do get over that playoff hump and, and, and possibly win their first Stanley Cup since 1983. Well, I, I don't think about uh, anything other than uh, the group we have. Uh, every team, as I said, feels the same way. And, uh, you know, they they're coming in with experience. Uh, they're coming in with the... Uh, same intent that they've had the last couple of years uh, to be the best team they can possibly be and do things that are asked of them from our coaching staff day in and day out and not really thinking about the end result. Uh, that's the way we've played since we've come in here um, and that's what we hope to continue to play that if uh, we do it right then uh, we have a chance and that's all you ask is to get a chance. Also, Lou discussed how comfortable he is with this group going into this season. Well, we're comfortable with the, the group we have. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much in, cent, excuse me, in place as far as our, our goaltending. Uh, you, you know, I don't think we could be more pleased with the two goaltenders that we have. Uh, I think that you could look and say that you could name the six defensemen uh, you know, who should be an opening day, uh, you know, unless there's something unfortunate that gets in the way. And I think you can pretty much write down the 12 forwards who would be there, um, who, you know, can play a lot of different roles, and whether it be Paul play, whether it's penalty kill. So we feel good about that. And also there are incumbent players who know the system, um, and the new players that we have, it's not going to take long for them to adjust. So those are Lou Lamarillo's answers, and now it's time for Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And I want to thank everyone who uh, either got to me via Twitter, and again, that's at Agros Newsday, uh, with a question for Andrew's Answers or, or emailed in a question. Thank you so much for participating. Um, I'm going to 
go through a bunch of these. Uh, and again, I, I, I've touched on, you know, the top 12 forwards and the top six defensemen and whether Lou could or cannot make a deal. But we certainly did get a lot of questions on uh, on those subjects. And we'll start with uh, uh, via Twitter at Isle of Misfit Toys, who asks, uh, with, with all of this forward depth and Oliver Wallstrom, the one who doesn't need waivers, how do you see the forward group extras playing out on the Islanders? And, and do you think the defense is done, or do you think Lou tries to pick someone up before the rosters are due? Look, if there's a, a shutdown left-shooting defenseman out there, do I think Lou's going to take a chance and, and, and swing a deal? Probably not. No, I, I, I would tend to think that Lou has made his moves uh, by bringing in Zdeno Chara and Eric Gustafsson. Uh, I, I think those are the moves for training camp. Um, and, and, and as I mentioned, the, that f- extra forwards, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, look, I, I, even if he's not in the top 12 uh, Leo Komarov is is going to probably get the first chance to be here. Now, it, it could be that for salary cap purposes, and remember the Islanders are going to put Johnny Boychuk back on LTIR, long-term injured reserve, so they can spend $6 million above the uh, $81.5 million salary cap uh, as a result of Boychuk being on LTIR. Um, but still, it's going to be tight. Now, do you, do you need to get Komarov to the AHL to help you alleviate that? It, I, I could see that. I, I could also see Barry uh, arguing vehemently uh, for Leo Komarov to have a spot. Um, I, again, I, I don't think you can discount Wallstrom possibly starting the season in Bridgeport just to give Lou a little extra time to figure this out, but I, I don't think that's necessarily the way the Islanders want to go. Um, amongst the forwards, if if they can fit Komarov in, I would say he's going to be one of the extra forwards, and I think Richard Panic uh, might be the second one, to be honest with you. Um, going down, Gust Avrakatos and... Forgive me for mispronouncing your uh, your Twitter handle, uh, but but he asks of Thomas Hickey, Samuel Bolduck, Robin Sallow, Sebastian Aho, who winds up with the most games played this season. And look, uh, it, it might not be a sum total of very many uh, for that quartet um, at all. Look, if there are injuries in training camp, I think Thomas Hickey has the best chance. Uh, to start the season, certainly uh, I think Bullduck and Sallow need some more AHL seasoning. And the Islanders have had their chances to play Sebastian Ajo. They have not done it, so I, I, I don't have a, a real good sense that this organization uh, has a real strong belief in him at this point. Um, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go off the board. Who winds up with the most games played this season amongst Hickey, Bullduck, Salo, and Ajo? I, I think it could be Samuel Bullduck, but I'm calling that for 
you know, January or maybe after the Olympic break, you know, coming back in late February. I, I do the, think Samuel Bullduck, who's a very exciting prospect, uh, uh, does need some more time with Bridgeport in the AHL to, to refine his game. Um, Doc Ed also asked, uh, um, you know, about Wallstrom maybe not being on the opening roster as part of cap jockeying uh, to maximize the uh, the LTIR cap space that Boychuk uh, creates. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it's got to be considered a possibility. Although, again, as I say, I think the Islanders, if they, they have all their druthers, everything being equal, and they can work out the cap, uh, Wallstrom is on this team. Uh uh, Dan Hausman with another Wallstrom question says, do you think Wallstrom is a lock for the lineup? Or are they going to platoon, platoon him on the third line with Bellows and Uncle Leo? And, and uh, yeah, I, 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 see, I, I don't see an easy path to this opening day roster for Kiefer Bellows unless he just rips it up uh, during training camp and forces him to, to not send him down. Um, I would tend, I, I, I don't want to call Wallstrom a lock for the reasons I've just given you that for salary cap purposes and the fact that he's the lone guy really that doesn't need waivers, uh, maybe they, they, they sneak him back to Bridgeport for a little bit. But I, I again, I tend to think that Wallstrom will be in the lineup and, uh, I, I'm not even sure about putting him on Pajot's line, even though that's where he was uh, last season. Um, if you remember, Jordan Eberle got picked by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. So uh, Matthew Barzell and Anders Lee are looking for a running mate. And boy, wouldn't Wallstrom slot in nicely there with his skills. I, I sort of think that right wing uh, on Barzell's right wing, that'll either be Kyle Palmieri or Oliver Wallstrom. Um, our old friend Thomas Boyle, and I'm, I, I didn't mean that you were old, Thomas. I, I just meant longtime acquaintance. Thomas Boyle says, uh, do you think this is the team the Islanders go to battle with this season, or do you see Lou making a trade or two? And, and it's sort of yes and yes. I, I, I do think... Uh, that the top 12 forwards and the top six defensemen and the two goalies that I've been talking about, that's the group that's going to start the season. But I, I also could see Lou, uh, as I said, making a, a deal in training camp uh, so as he's not faced with the potential of losing uh, a, a trade ass uh, or uh, an asset or a prospect for nothing here. Um Jack Anton says, I'm very excited at the team Lou Lamarillo has put together, but there seems to be six to eight guys vying for the 13th forward spot. Do most of them get buried uh, in Bridgeport or do some of them get dealt? And uh, again, um, I think Lou will try and keep as many assets as possible. And that means, uh, you know, putting some guys who might be on other NHL rosters uh, in Bridgeport in terms of, uh, you know, the extra forwards. But uh, I also think Lou, if, if he is skittish at all about potentially losing a player uh, through waivers, he, he, he would certainly consider a deal uh, just to bring something back for that. And um, 
JJ asks, the Islanders basically got away with six defenders last season. That's not happening again, and no, I agree with you. Who ends up as 7-8, and how much action do they get to give the old guys a break? And uh, I, I certainly see, uh, like I said, uh, Big Z's Dano Chara in the top six. I, I think Eric Gustafsson, unless he has a miserable training camp, uh, is probably going to be the seventh D-man. Um if it comes to an eighth D-man, and I'm not convinced they're going to carry two extra defensemen, um, but if I had to pick an eight, I, I don't think uh, they're going to go with a, a prospect like a Bulldog or a, a Wild or a, um, one of those guys, Bulldog, Wild, or uh, Robin Sallow. I could see uh, the eighth obviously would be either Thomas Hickey or Sebastian Ajo. And I, I would think the eighth might actually, they might actually keep Sebastian Ajo over Thomas Hickey uh, just because I think they think they can get Thomas Hickey through waivers to Bridgeport. And they might be a little concerned about trying to get Sebastian Ajo through waivers. So if they go with eighth, with eight, give me Sebastian Ajo as the eighth, Eric Gustafsson as the seventh. Um, but I, I sort of feel like they're just going to go with the seven. Um, AZ asks, we basically know what the opening day roster is. And yes, that's, yeah, absolutely. But do you see any changes, evolution over the course of the season? For example, some of the young guys like Bullduck earning their way into a getting a chance. And, um, and AZ also asked, does it look like the Isles will carry 8D rather than 14 forwards? And uh, no, I don't I don't think they're going to go 13-8. I, I think it's more likely they go 14-7. And, um, and yeah, I mean, rosters always evolve uh, over the course of the season. Injuries happen. There's the trade deadline. You recognize where your weaknesses are. So, yes, the, the roster will certainly evolve over the course of the season. And, and as I mentioned, I, I, I get the sense that Samuel Bullduck uh, might have the best chance of, you know, getting called up later in the season. Although, you know, if Robin Sallow makes that easy, it's not an easy transition. But if he makes the transition to the North American game look uh, seamless. He, he too, he's certainly got professional experience uh, over in Europe, so uh, I don't think he can be uh, ignored either. Um, New York Talk 36-36, where do you see playing time for Kiefer Bellows? The kid has unbelievable potential and nowhere to play, and I think the second part of that, yeah, um, you, you, you sort of sum it up. I, I don't know about unbelievable potential. He certainly has scoring potential. Um, you know, he can be a productive player, and I think he will be a productive player in the NHL uh, at some point. Um, but as of right now, I, I as I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I see a very difficult path to the opening night roster for Kiefer Bellows. Um is this the, the the time to maybe package him if you're going to lose him through waivers? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't discount that. You're probably not getting back uh, as much as you possibly could for him at, at this point. But, but who knows? You know, 
teams all have their own evaluation of players, and there might be a few teams out there that are really are really excited about giving Kiefer Bellows a chance right now. So uh, uh, maybe Lou can pull off a, a decent deal with him. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Kiefer Bellows is a real interesting one going into training camp. I, I, I think it's going to be a little difficult for him uh, to crack the uh, opening 23 if the Islanders do carry 23 into the regular season. Again, for salary cap reasons, they could they could go smaller. They could carry 22. They could carry 21. Um, you know, but, uh, it will be interesting to monitor how Lou resolves the, the key for bellows and, and whether or not, you know, they just roll the dice with it. And, uh, if he doesn't make the opening night roster, they just put him on waivers. And, and sometimes look, there's a lot of protection. If you wait until the very, very end of training camp and you just bum rush the waiver wire, um, you know, teams almost get overwhelmed. There are a lot of guys on the waiver wire at once. And that's, you know, that's how you can get a guy like Kiefer Bellows or an Otto Koibula through. If if you wait there towards the end of training camp and uh, when teams pretty much have their rosters settled and uh, there are just so many choices on the waiver wire that uh, teams are almost, uh, oh, you know, it's called uh, paralysis by analysis, something like that. You know, you're just overwhelmed by the sheer number of guys on uh, waivers there. Um, let's see. Uh, Isles Rule asks, did Lou say he was done or are any other moves possible, like adding another scorer? Um, and, and no, Lou never says he's done. Lou never says he's not done. Um so, so no, he did not discuss whether he was looking to add another scorer. I get the sense, though, as you heard Lou say, he's very comfortable with the way this roster is constructed going into a training camp and going into the regular season. And the second part of the question from Isles Rule is, did Lou say anything about the arena being on schedule or not being fully ready on November 20th? And the report Lou gave on UBS Arena at Belmont Park was he, he was there a couple of weeks ago and he said it's amazing the progress they've made there. And he knows the first sheet of black ice was put down uh, today. That would have been Tuesday. So there's no indication that that arena will not be ready to host the Calgary Flames on November 20th. Um, I, I know, and as I've reported, based on the uh, uh, the uh, the couple of construction tours I've taken and also speaking to people who have worked on the construction site, there was concern uh, about there being a rush to get it ready. And uh, I know the plan was to go to round the clock, you know, uh, three crews working each day, you know, three eight-hour shifts. So you got round-the-clock work going on and also work seven days a week. So really, the construction, uh, they knew this final crunch would be 24-7 in terms of construction to get it done. Um, you know, there was a little bit of sweat as to whether they could accomplish everything, but I have not heard anything about it not opening on November 20th. Um, let's see, um, Cordup asks, will we ever find out who's unvaccinated? And, uh, what that is referring to is, 
Uh, during his press conference, uh, Lou Lamarillo mentioned that he will not allow any player who is unvaccinated to participate, uh, either for the Islanders or for Bridgeport, and uh, presumably that goes for the ECHL as well. Um, and Lou said everyone in the organization, and he was talking about players, staff, executives, coaches, everyone in the organization is vaccinated except except Lou mentioned there was one minor league player, and he went, out, he went unnamed, uh, who has chosen not to get the vaccine, and Lou said he will not be participating for the Islanders. Uh, they were going to try and see if they could get uh, this, this unvaccinated, unnamed player over to Europe so he could play there. Uh, that's not a guarantee. Um, so will we ever find out who's unvaccinated? Look, if the Islanders loan someone to a European team in the next week or so, I think, um, it's a safe bet to assume that that was the player who was unvaccinated. Um, so Hunter asks, did Lou mention if fans have to be vaxxed or masked in the arena? And KS said... Has there been any talk of vaccination requirements for UBS? All city venues require vaccine or negative test prior to entry. And, and no, uh, there's been no talk from the Islanders as to what, you know, the regulations are going to be. Uh, that's certainly up to local uh, health guidelines. And, uh, you know, I... I my expectation, I, I I would expect, and if I'm a season ticket holder or I'm a fan, I would certainly expect to go to UBS Arena and to be asked either for vaccination proof or for a negative test. As far as masking, I I, I don't know whether uh, there's going to be masking in the arena uh, from the fans. Uh, I, I do know the media has been asked to uh, remain masked in the press box. Um, so take that for what that's worth. Um, let's see. Louis Guillaume fan says, whatever happened to Vladimir Tarasenko getting traded? And Rob Mueller says, um, do you get the sense that Lou's not done yet? In particular, do you think a Vladimir Tarasenko or perhaps even a Jack Eichel deal is still in play? And, uh, yeah, Louis Guillermo fan, whatever happened to that Vladimir Tarasenko trade? Never happened, did it? And, uh, you know, who knows how things are going to break in training camp. I, I could still see the Blues trying to move on from Tarasenko. Um, I do not necessarily see uh, a, a cap fit with the Islanders, even if they send, you know, if, if the Blues... If the Blues are going to uh, trade with the Islanders, I, I think for certain Scott Mayfield would be one of the players going back. But then you're losing a, a you know a righty, and uh, you know Scott is a very cap friendly number, whereas Tarasenko is not. So the the Blues would have to take more back from the Islanders, or they would have to retain a bunch of salary. Could you know? Could could it be Bellows, Komarov? Uh, you know, for Tarasenko, you're probably looking at a a draft pick and maybe a uh, uh, you know 
two two prospects, and then you got to send some money that way. But uh, that that's all speculation. And uh, I, at, right now, I don't see a fit with the Islanders for Tarasenko. Not a, after what Lou has done this off season, and I certainly don't think a Jack Eichel play uh, Jack Eichel deal is still in play. Um, let's see. Will Forthman asks. Is it true there is a taxi squad for a goaltender only? And would that be Schneider? And between Gustafsson, Hickey, and Aho, who is likely to be the best bet as a seventh defenseman? And, uh, you know, I've said several times, um, I think Eric Gustafsson probably is going to be uh, the seventh D-man. As far as a taxi squad, nope. No taxi squad this uh, has been set up, and I should stress no taxi squad as of now. Um, as of right now, the plan is to go back to the EBGs, the emergency backup goalies. Um, so, you know, that would, you could carry three goalies on your roster, but uh, that would count against the 23. So I, I think Corey Schneider is ticketed for Bridgeport. And uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Valdini asks, do you think the Islanders bring back Howie Rose for the 50th anniversary this season? And this is the Islanders' 50th season. Um, Do you think they bring back Howie Rose for a game or two? And um, I have not heard anything about that. And uh, uh, the other thing to consider here is Howie Rose's health. You, we we know he is recovering. Um, he he cut his Met season short uh, to attend to a, a medical procedure, and he also missed some time during the Met season. And you know Howie has said he is expecting to be healthy. You know for for Met spring training, but. Uh, uh, I, I have not heard of plans for inviting Howie Rose back. And uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I, I'm not sure uh, of Howie Rose's, uh, you know, whether he would be available health-wise to do something like that. And while we're at it, um like to send, you know, all the best along to Howie, who is a friend and, uh, uh, and a friend to many uh, <laughs> around the Islanders still. Um Hey, you know what? If we're talking about announcers coming back, and the Islanders have done this uh, certainly a, a few times, uh, but, you know, can we get Jiggs McDonald to call a game or two? Um, you know, Brendan Burke uh, has a sweet new uh, national gig. So if uh, Brendan's off doing a national game, maybe get Jiggs in to uh, uh, hear his voice again. It's always amazing to hear Jiggs's voice. Um, and, and that's not to say I don't enjoy Howie's voice. Um, Howie does a tremendous job with Mets radio. Um, he even makes losing fun in a way. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I would think maybe Jiggs uh, gets a caller or so. And Craig Dixon asks, on, uh, sort of on the same top subject, are the Islanders planning anything special for the 50th anniversary aside from alumni appearances, which they seem to do every season anyway, uh, specialty jerseys or anything like that? Have not heard of anything. I am sorry about that. Um I would say that it's a really good bet that 
the the organization is going to mark somehow uh, 50 seasons in the NHL. It's a big number, um, but they have not uh, clued us in on what those are. And uh, you, you talk about alumni appearances. Now, the word we're getting, and again, I'm going to get to this very shortly, is uh, uh, we don't think the players are going to be doing any uh, charity appearances this season as they are... The Islanders are pretty much uh, attacking this season with regards to how they handle uh, COVID safety the same exact way they handled last season. So the the players are not going to be out and about uh, in the community, or that's the word we've been given. Um, Larry Ziegler uh, asks... uh, Lou never mentioned Anatoly Golishev. Uh, any word on him? And you know what, Larry, you make an excellent point. I, uh, there's been no mention of him, and it is a little weird. They brought, you know, they signed him to a one-year deal and brought him over uh, towards the end of last season. He's a restricted free agent. Um, he's not listed as having agreed to a deal yet, but I don't see anyone reporting that he's going back to Russia. Um, and no, look, first of all, Lou did not mention Golishev. I sort of asked Lou, if Lou was going to mention him, it would have been when I asked him, uh, about, I, I said, look, you know, there was the, the, the spate of, uh, uh, signings the Islanders announced the other day, including, uh, Cole Bardreau, uh, Paul Ledoux. Um, they announced the, you know, the, that sort of stuff. And they, you know, Lou confirmed the Eric, uh, Gustafson PTO. Um, he was, he, and that's when he said, oh, and by the way, Corey Schneider is in on a two-way deal and, and Michael Delcal will be back, uh, in training camp. And that's a guy that we haven't spoken about it at all as a possible extra forward. And, and he's, he is in the mix. He's absolutely in the mix, and he would also require waivers to go down to Bridgeport. So I apologize to Michael for not bringing that up earlier, but uh, uh, if Lou is going to mention Golishev, uh, that's where he would have said something. He did not. Uh, I apologize. I, I I did not ask the follow-up specifically on Golishev. No one asked about Golishev uh, specifically. And like I say, he's still listed as being a restricted free agent. Um, look, when the uh, training camp rosters come out and, uh, the Islanders are waiting as close to possible for the players, uh, to actually get on the ice, I have not yet seen a training camp roster, whereas many other teams around the league have released their rosters. Um, uh, we'll see if uh, Golishev is on there, and then uh, we can ask uh, Barry Trotz about it. But uh, uh, thank you again for all these questions. And uh, before wrapping up this episode, uh, as as I mentioned earlier, you know things are getting back to normal, uh, except uh, I guess for me. And I just wanted to touch upon. Uh, the Islanders' policy with regards to media access. And and I don't want this to come off sounding like sports writer whining, and and I don't want anyone to think uh, that I'm reckless uh, with regards to COVID-19 protocols or uh, insensitive to the the need to, to keep the players safe. I am on board with all of that. 
Um, you, you've heard me mention my wife's a veterinarian. She runs her own veterinary hospital. Uh, her and I, uh, as all of you have been, uh, the, the last 18 months, uh, it, it's, it's, in, it's at the forefront of our thoughts every day, uh, staying safe from COVID uh, and not bringing it into the hospital, not bringing it back into our house, not passing it along to our family members, our children. As I said, I'm not special in this in any way. All of us, the last 18 months, it's, all, it's been all about being super, village, uh, super vigilant. Uh, with regards to uh, masking, social distancing, COVID-19 protocols. I, I get all that. Um, however, the, the policy Lou Lamarillo has set out, at least to start this season, and he did uh, mention that this policy, you know, could be revisited. Um, and and I should say that the policy Lou Lamarillo has set out um, and set forth is completely within uh, his rights is set forth by the N- NHL, which essentially said each team was free to determine its own media access policy. However, I, I do feel the need to, to bring this up. It will impact how this team is covered because, once again, all interviews will be conducted virtually. There are, you know, uh, no in-person access. Um and why I'm bringing this up is because right now the Islanders are the only team in the end in the NHL to be virtual only, uh, to only conduct interviews via Zoom, to to not have some kind of in-person media access. Every other team is planning to have some kind of in-person access. At least that's uh, the the understanding that we've been giving. Uh, there's even going to be some one-on-one access for some teams. Uh, you know, it seems like not a lot of teams' dressing rooms are going to be opened, if any. Um, the other, but the other two New York teams, the Rangers and the Sabers, will both have in-person media access. And again, uh, I understand that the health and safety uh, trumps any media concerns. But as of right now, the Islanders are a complete outlier in, in terms of their media access policy. And um, at, at the conclusion of Lou's teleconference on Tuesday, um, I, I asked him to explain uh, how he came to this decision um, uh, on media access. And I, I think it's only fair, uh, to include Lou's answer here. Uh, so can you, you can hear his thinking. Uh, the uh, reason, uh, for our decision, I don't know, as I said, not to be redundant what other teams are doing, nor that that, does that influence or affect what we do and whatever decisions we make. All I know is that, uh, part of my responsibility is making sure every player, uh, is as safe as we possibly could make them. Uh, we don't know what's in front of us. We could always change the policy if we see that uh, there's no risk involved or things are a lot better. What I do know is the uh, Delta variant that is out there uh, is not something to uh, sort of just look beyond the statistics we're getting and how we're following it and how our medical uh, so this infectious disease uh, doctor is, is informing me 
and I, I just feel that this is the right thing to do to start off, see how things go. Uh, we also are doing maybe what a lot of other teams are not doing uh, beyond what the protocol says. We are testing every day, uh, you know, and it, whether we relax that a little, it says that you do not have to test every day. We're just sort of doing everything we possibly can uh, that within the rules to allow safety. And, and I do understand, you know, the one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but I think that uh, if you've looked in the past on any of the teams that I've been associated with, there's never been any restrictions on any players uh, as far as interviews or locker room. In fact, that, that we would never allow a player to ever not be in a locker room or never feel as though because it's a bad night that he wouldn't go face-to-face. -face. This is strictly a health precaution decision. And as I said, it's subject to change. But initially with training camp and having you know some plus 60 players in, in and out from all different countries, uh, we don't know what they're susceptible to. We don't know how this variant is transmitted in, in, in a long-winded way. That's the reason for making this decision. Now, still, regardless of all that, we do have a hockey season to look forward to, and I, I can't wait to start delving into covering this team again, both through written reporting and via the Island Ice podcast. And please go to newsday.com backslash aisles for any and all Newsday Islanders content, including all episodes of this podcast. And please follow me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And I'll be back soon enough with some training camp observations. Until then, happy hockey, everybody.